Hello, friends. Welcome to another installment of Weekly MTG. I'm Steve Sanu. Blake Rasmussen is out this week, but I'm joined by two illustrious guests whose name you might recognize. Uh, we've got Brian Hawley and, of course, Gavin Verhey from uh, Magic the Gathering R&D. Like, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank Gavin, you. welcome back. Brian, welcome. First time, first time guest here. Indeed. Thank Glad you. to be on here. Oh, well. And you know, I think I'll be seeing Brian's name a lot in times coming up, because it's on a box. Yes, it is on a box. It's on this box. In fact, thank you for that throw, Gavin. I appreciate it. I'm here uh, for you, Steve. You, that's, how, that's how you know Gavin's a veteran of the show, that he knows how to throw like that. Uh, we've got <laughs> Heroes of Dominaria here. It's the new board game uh, that's going to be coming out uh, December 5th. So that's really cool. It's coming up pretty soon, just I'm in time for the holidays. And, and like everything we do in R&D, we fi finish things so long ago that when everything comes out, we're all so excited because it's finally time to play. I mean, we finished this, what, a year, year and a half ago, something like that? Something like that. Yeah, ages ago. We're on to future far-flung wild things, but super stoked for this one. So I'm, I'm really excited about this product. Uh, it is, so for a little bit of background on this product for our viewers, uh, it is a board game. It's a magic board game. Uh, there are two editions. There's the standard edition, which is $49.99, and the premium edition, which is $69.99. And uh, the premium edition has pre-painted figures in it. So that's the difference between the two. Uh, Here's a Dominaria was the latest in a series, I think, of different ways to explore magic. We call them annex products, I think. Uh, last year, we had Arch Enemy Nicol Bolas. Right. This right. year, we've had uh, Explorers of Ixalan. And uh, tell, tell me and, of course, our viewers about what's different about Heroes of Dominaria. What distinguishes this game from not just those products, but other Magic products as well? Yeah. I'll take that one. Sure. So uh, Heroes of Dominaria is very much a game that is, it is Magic, but it is not Magic with trading cards. It is a game that is trying to capture what is cool about Magic, what is exciting about Magic, and like, it captures much of Magic's history and lore. Um, but it does it in a totally unique way. Um, so, like, when I was uh, lead designing Arch Enemy Nicol Bolas, um, again, we were trying to capture this feeling of, like, this is what uh, Bolas is doing, this is what this clash is about, and kind of is trying to show this epic moment in time. Um, Heroes of Dominaria um, tries to do a very similar thing, just kind of showing you this is what Dominaria is about, and this is, like, it refers to a lot of different things from magic history, from different cards and characters. Uh, but it does it entirely in a board game experience. So let's talk about the board game itself really quick. Uh, this is, uh, I've, I've, I'll, I will confess, I haven't had a chance to play it yet. This is one of the first times I'm actually seeing a copy, which is really cool. It looks really good. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about that board game experience. What was the, uh, what was, what was the sort of vision for what you wanted gameplay to be like? So the, the original concept for the game, um, kind of the, the idea that started it all, came from Peter Lee and Rodney Thompson. Um, and I think it came almost five or six years ago. Um, it had been wow. a game that they had been kind of designing and working on um, kind of in their spare time um, back when they were working on D&D. &D. Um, and for various reasons, it took quite a long time to like kind of get it to come to fruition. Um, as we... Um, as we were looking into it, we were kind of looking for this core feeling of you're a planeswalker exploring the plane of Dominaria. You're kind of going around uh, collecting mana um, with kind of these ties to the land. Um, and then just kind of like looking for what does each color do in a board game setting that doesn't have cards, doesn't have a life total, doesn't have many of these things that define the magic trading card game. Um, and kind of translating those into different types of cards, different types of experiences, um, and just kind of 
trying to come up with different ways to kind of build an empire and uh, kind of both express yourself and compete with your friends. Uh, Gavin, how, how does Heroes of Dominaria provide a different way for people to interact with magic? Because it is, it is a very different way. How, you know, how does it do that? Well, you know, you mentioned those Annex products earlier, right? And we started off with Archimaneco Bolos, which is magic as you know it, with a small little three versus one paradigm. Explorers of Ixalan went into the board game space a little bit more, right? You had those tiles that you flipped up while you played through a game of magic. And this is really the first time we've gone whole hog. Here's a board game. It doesn't have the pieces of magic that you normally normally play with. You know, it doesn't have a life total, things like that. But uses all the creative concepts. Uses all the uh, characters that you recognize. Has many cards, as we'll find out in a little bit, that are homages to things that you know very well from magic, like the Black Blade or, or things like that. Um, and it has kind of a really good Euro game feel. Brian and I are both big board gamers. We play a lot of board games. I've played through, like, Lords of Waterdeep. I can't tell you how many times. And... <clears throat> this game is very much made in that kind of Euro game feel, which I think turned out really nice. Well, in uh, ways, Lords of Waterdeep is actually a very good analog in the sense that Lords of Waterdeep captures a lot of what is cool about D&D &D and kind of shows this uh, setting that is very important to that game and just has a lot of flavor and history to it. Right. Um, but kind of does it in a very different, in a, in a different way than like playing a tabletop game, telling a story with your friends. Right, and, and Dominaria, I mean, talk about a plane that has so much rich history for players to check out. In fact, you'll see it in a little bit, but the board is just a huge map of Dominaria. You actually wander around the map. There it is up on the yeah, screen right now. Yeah, you can see it check up on the screen. Thanks to, our, thanks to Sean uh, for throwing that up. Thank you, Sean. You get to walk around the map and actually go to the places of Dominaria, kind of walk the planes as you've always want to do, and of course establish mana bonds and fight off the cabal. It's a good time. Well, uh, you know, a lot of people probably haven't seen what's in the box. Uh, I've only barely seen what's in the box, but we have a box here. There's stuff in it. Why don't we sort of take it out and go through some of the components, and you guys can talk about the game. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's do go it. Go for it. Brian, Brian right. uh, as named on the box, let's uh, open this thing up. So this, right. is, uh, this is a His new copy. We opened, right up the, uh, we opened up the shrink wrap on the box before we started, <laughs> but yep. all the components are, are still in there. Yep. So what do we have here? We got a we rule book. We have a rule book. Very important. Very important. Very important. Uh, so the component pieces have a lot to kind of look over in them. Um, so they have uh, each player is going to get one of these cards that kind of tells you what which character you're playing. So we have so it's a character board. Essentially. It's a character board. Yeah. Um, I, I hear Teferi's pretty strong these days. Yeah, so Teferi's great. I'm going to pick Teferi's always pick Teferi. strong. Powerful mage. <laughs> and who are the four characters you get to play as, Brian? Uh, so we have Teferi. We have Chandra. Um, we have Joyra, and we have Karn. Um, Take your pick. Each of them are mechanically similar, but you can kind of choose which which person, which planeswalker is uh, most like you. Um, now, Brian, are there any differences to the four the four characters? If I play Chandra, will I get a different experience in playing with the fairy? Good uh, question, Gavin. Uh, question. No, you will not. Um, each, each one of the four is mechanically identical. You'll make the same decisions, have the same abilities. Um, they, but they do. Uh, they have different colors, they have different, I mean, each character has its own unique story and place in Magic's lore. So talk to me a little bit about some of the other pieces on these boards. So we have the character yeah. boards, uh, what, what are these larger square pieces here? Uh, so kind of the, the, the main thrust of Dominaria, uh, Heroes of Dominaria, is completing quests. So um, for each color and kind of each strategy and type of mana, there are um, public quests. The first person to complete the public quest, um, which, like in this case, is to collect five or more Cabal tokens, 
uh, which we'll get to in a moment, uh, will get 10 victory points and this uh, plaque. Um, the second person to do it uh, still gets something, they get less, um, but uh, you will, uh, everyone will have access to these quests. So uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say at the end of the game, the person with the most victory points is the one that won the game. Yep. It's okay. a strange and unusual board game yep. uh, maneuver, but, <laughs> and you know, once again, this is really highlighting kind of that Eurogame feel of we're all trying to compete to get to these quests first. We're not like directly fighting each other, we're not attacking each other, but we're trying to do these things simultaneously, and who's going to get there first? There's, there's big pressure, and maybe, kind of like a booster draft almost, I, one player is going for one thing, and the other players kind of maneuver around them to, to go for another thing. So if I see Brian's trying to get uh, Cabal tokens to pick up Dark Conglomeration? Conglomeration. Conglomeration, yeah. that, that word. Um, then I might go for, I don't know, uh, Prismatic Domain to try and get a bunch of Manoliths. So, it's a totally different, totally different kind of uh, gameplay. Yep. So we've got all these components. Um, uh, there are some cabal tokens on the on yep. here as well. These these tokens here. Oh, One the cabal. The, yes. One of the things that's been true of Dominaria, or at least parts of Dominaria, since uh, very early in Magic, was the kind of shadowy organization that is the cabal. Um, they make an appearance here. Uh, they um, are up to their usual nefarious tricks of just kind of influencing locations. Um, in this case, they lock away mana so that it cannot be collected while they have presence in a location. Um, what a bunch of jerks. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's their thing. <laughs> uh, and one of the kind of axes that players can um, try to go down is uh, removing the Cabal, fighting back against their influence, and kind of collecting rewards for doing so. So we're going to keep uh, unboxing, we're going to keep describing some of the components that are in here, but if you out there in internet land and Twitch chat land have a question for Brian and Gavin about Heroes of Dominaria, please put it in the Twitch chat, our mods are watching, and we'll pass the questions on to me. And, and you know, I really can't stress just how nice some of these components are, like they, they have a great heft of them, they're, they're printed, fully printed in color on both sides, like these, these mana pieces, super cool. Like you can just like yes, use them for the game. That's what they're intended for. But you can also just you know put them around as decoration or whatever. They're really really neat. And we've got very nice. We've got a couple more boards. They have some good weight to them. We've got even uh, these these tokens with uh, to represent. I'm going to guess the different colors of mana that you can mm -hmm. acquire. Yep. Uh, as the game progresses, the uh, mana will show up around Dominaria. And one of the main mechanics of the game that has been true since the very beginning, when Peter and mm -hmm. Rodney were kind of prototyping and. Uh, exploring the space was the characters th through their heroes exploring Dominaria and collecting the mana that's being generated by the land. Yeah, and we spent ages trying all kinds of different configurations with the game, try, like moving a lot of pieces around, changing how it worked, but the mana system kind of stayed pretty core, which yep. makes sense. It's a huge part of magic, and an important thing for us was coming into Heroes of Dominaria, we wanted it to still feel like magic. Like, not like the card game magic, but like the world of magic. It's got artifacts, it's got, uh, it's got mana, it's got a world that you recognize, it's got characters you recognize, all these things that you've come to know in a board game. So I'd love to take a look at this board because I know I was talking with uh, with Brian before the the stream started, and the uh, people kind of got to see an image of the board. But you really get to get a good idea of uh, what Dominaria looks like, right? And uh, what we want to bring the map. Yeah, we can we can bring the map back up on the on the screen as well. But like, yeah. we have so many things on this table. This actually does lie flat. <laughs> it's, uh, yes, it does. So I uh, I know that you mentioned. Brian, that there were a lot of subtle references mm -hmm. both to magic history and Dominaria history. 
Uh, and some of those are even on this map, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that was that uh, both returning to not an area in general and making this board game specifically gave us an opportunity to do is kind of look at um, the actual geography of Dominaria and kind of um, piecing together. There are lots of old maps. Um, there is a kind of fun exploration into what uh, parts of Dominaria are kind of the most iconic, which of them should be here, and kind of. The, so this map um, comes from uh, another endeavor that we were doing to just kind of show what actually is Dominaria look like? Um, like what is the actual map of Dominaria? Um, because there are various pieces of parts of it from long ago in Magic's lore. Uh, but this one um, is kind of the map of record of what Dominaria is. And, and, so, and Ethan Fleischer did a lot of work on this, I believe, mm -hmm. right, yep. in addition with the Magic Creative team? Yeah, Ethan Fleischer and Kelly Diggs did a lot of very early work on kind of uh, fleshing out what is particularly cool about different locations in Dominaria. Like, many of these are very cool, uh, like, from just references on cards. I mean, you have things like Llanowar or Bagarden or Kelds that have been around since Magic's very early days and have very iconic cards uh, built around them. You have Urborg and... Uh, other places. Some are more recent, like the Caligo Morass, we recently learned is Liliana's birthplace, um, or where she came after uh, her kind of journey with her brother. Yeah, I love looking at this board because it's kind of a mix of like magic trivia, right? There's like, yeah, Linawar. We've all heard of Linawar, tactical mm -hmm. Linawar elves in my day. And then you go all the way back to like Shandadin Dryads mm -hmm. and Sewers of Estark, right? Some really, yep. really deep cuts that are pretty fun to look at as an experienced player, which kind of mirrors what, what we did with the Dominaria set, right? You could, um, no matter how experienced you were, you could look at it and see a bunch of cool new things for the first time, or find those cute little references back to a time long past. And it was very important to us that you don't actually need to be able to understand right. any of the, like, you don't need to know what Shannadin is, you don't need to know the card sewers of Estark to enjoy this game. Um, all of the all of the references are, are there, and there are definitely Easter eggs kind of sprinkled throughout the the decks and on the board and then the lore, but you don't need to know any of them. I do, do want to show off some of these miniatures uh, that come with the premium edition. These are game. awesome. These are the yeah. fully painted versions that come with the premium edition. The regular edition still has these, they're just not fully painted. So I'm going to go ahead and put these out on the board if you guys want to place them yeah. uh, on there. So we have a, a couple yeah. of questions from Twitch chat that I think some of which we can answer pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the first question is, uh, are we going to be playing a sample game? No, we will not be playing a sample game here on stream today. Uh, or will any content creator play a sample game? You should ask them. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure some, there's, a, there's a content creator out there that would love to play a game of uh, Heroes of Dominaria. Uh, so here's a question that you guys can answer. So is it more like a traditional board game, or are there decks with it? So there, there are decks of cards. Um, but not, not Magic the Gathering cards. They're, they're not Magic the Gathering cards. But, uh, but they are very much inspired by very well-known magic cards, and in some cases. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have the Dominaria deck is the deck of cards that introduces some amount of uh, like randomness. It tells you where mana is being created. Um, it also shows you where the Cabal shows up. Um, so just to give a few examples, um, I guess it's pretty hard to, to see. I think we can um, uh, zoom in on the board down yeah, there. Yeah, that might be worthwhile. Yeah. Um, so these have art from... You put it at the bottom corner. Oh, yeah. uh, that's uh, closer to Steve. I can put them. Okay. okay. Um, so we have... Uh, these different cards will show uh, where mana is being created. It will show where artifacts and Kikobal are being created. Um, then there are also decks of quest cards. Um, 
Yeah. Look through some of these here. So yeah, yep. you've got, you, you have one art for each color, right? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of get a little glance around the various locations. Yep. Um, and on each player's turn, you'll flip uh, some cards off of the Dominaria deck to kind of tell you how the game is progressing and give you the information you need to decide where you're going to go. Um, so, so that's how the mana shows up, but I keep talking about these artifacts, Brian. Let's show yep. off some of these cool... Uh, we'll skip straight to the artifacts. Cool yeah, I want to see some of these. These, are, these to me are so exciting, because these are really, really iconic pieces of magic history right here. Check these out. Yep. So uh, the artifacts show up in a deck with um, this card back, if we could zoom in again. Um, and each of these artifacts are references to different cards from uh, magic, the, the trading card game, but they operate very differently in this world. So like some of them are you know, references to old cards that show up in the Dominaria set. Like uh, Black the, Blade Reforged. The Black Blade Reforged. Let's see if I can get this now, show up. Now, if the chat was to guess, one of the most famous and well-known artifacts in Magic, <laughs> what, what, what do you think they'd guess? I'm pretty sure Twitch chat is already exploding with, uh, with, with the correct answer, but let's go ahead and show them anyway. Yeah, so th there are some of the more powerful uh, cards from Magic's yeah, history. Yeah, um, um, we have some that are just kind of favorites from de decks around the world. Um, um, and then we have, of course, to go along with Black Lotus. Oh, we got some Moxin. We have the full cycle of five. Oh, my goodness. Um, Great. With all five Moxin. There, there are also uh, other cards from just around Magic's history. Oh, time Vault. We have Time so, Vault. Nice. So uh, before we go any further, a lot of people in Twitch chat are asking, how do you win? How do you win the game? And that's, that's a valid question, but it's... Mm -hmm. Uh, it's whoever at the end of the game has the most victory points, yep. right? So the the number of turns the player will uh, or the players will play is determined by the number of players in the game. So uh, as there are fewer players, you play more turns of the game, um, and uh, so the game will end after either nine, ten, or eleven turns, depending on how many players you're playing. And uh, at the end of those, it is just the player with the most victory points wins. And there's a lot of different strategies you can take, right? You can have a strategy all about getting artifacts, or you can go around and fight the Cabal. Or maybe you're all about just collecting mana and completing mm -hmm. quests. Or you combine them in some way. So, like in Magic, your goal is always, unless you are decking your opponent, trying to reduce their life total to zero. In this game, you're trying to have the most victory points, but just like in Magic, how you might play a control deck, or an aggressive deck, or a mid-range deck, in here, there's all kinds of different strategies that are good at different points of the game that you might be trying to, to go after. And depending on what your opponents are doing, maybe you'll pick a different one each time. So most of the things that you can do in the game will generate victory points in some fashion or another. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, artifacts, you can see in the lower right-hand corner, uh, each artifact is just worth a certain number of victory points. Um, Time Vault is worth four, Black Lotus is worth five. Um, other actions that you can take, uh, such as completing quests, um, either the public quests or... Uh, the quest from the quest deck. Yep. Yeah. There's, a, there's a quest deck which has uh, various different quests that will send you off on different uh, missions, different... Uh, it'll ask different things of you. Um, uh, so completing these quests will provide you with victory points. Can we see so, some of those quest cards look like, Brian? Sure. So um, uh, to answer to answer another Twitch Twitch chat question, uh, somebody asked. I'm guessing this is 12 and up. It's actually the box actually says I believe that it's 14 and up. Uh, so age is 14 plus. Uh, about how long does a does a game take? Um, it definitely is. Uh, I mean, as with every board game, it's a little bit slower the first time you play. Mm -hmm. um, I think that by the when we were first playing the game with people that have not played before, it was taking around an hour, an hour and a half. Um, 
once people were more experienced and we had pl had a few games under our belt, we were pretty consistently able to finish a game in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes per player. Yeah, I, I mean, player count, of course, impacts that, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. right? So with four players, looking at about an hour, I would say, but as yep. people know what's going on, you cut it down. You can even play a nice little cutthroat two-player game in maybe a half hour or so. Yep. So, so uh, these quests, um, many of them tie into a lot of the other things you can do. For instance, uh, like the Sage of Latinam quest will uh, ask you to discover two artifacts in the same turn. Um, whereas Druidic Council is going to ask you to send heroes from one location to another. Um, uh, you will get quests through various means, and they are, in many ways, what kind of indicates the strategy that you should pursue for that game. So, uh, we, we've shown pretty much everything in the box. There's some meeples in here that, uh, that you, can, mm -hmm. you can see here that we're not, we can unbox and we can set up the board to make it mm -hmm. look kind of cool. But, uh, Given that we've unboxed all of these things and looking at the other Annex products that we've seen in the past, uh, it really feels like Heroes of Dominaria is playing in a very different space than than those other products. Uh, you know, was this was this a goal for for this Annex product when when you started thinking about it? Yeah, very much. You know, <clears throat> Annex line is relatively new. We started it with Archenemy Nico Bolas, and like anything new, we want to try. We want to kind of like search the space, right? We'll try some things that are very close to Magic, like Archenemy. Now we're trying something something that's on the other end of Magic. Uh, not even a full like card experience, but something very different and new with Heroes of Dominaria, and. Going forward, your feedback is super, super helpful and important for this. So please go out, give it a try. Let us know what you think. Did you like it? Not like it? What did you like? You know, what would you change? And based on that, we can go forward and craft new experiences for sets going forward. And if people love magic-themed board games, I predict you'll see a lot more of these in the future. And I know I love this game. It's a lot of fun. So hey guys, uh, something that the chat is wondering is uh, about how gameplay progresses. What, do you think it'd be possible for us to try to demo out like what a what a turn might look like? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, let me hold that for a second. Um, so let me just tidy up some of these cards. Clean up the board a little bit. Do you yeah. want those player boards nestled uh, underneath? So, yeah, board? I'm getting a lot of questions about how actions are performed, dice or cards, and uh, I, hopefully that'll that'll come up during this uh, during this sample turn. Right? Mm -hmm. No dice. Yep, there, no there dice, are no, all no dice cards in the game. And, uh, and play Yeah, if we just show some of these off really fast while Brian's setting up. Sure, so yeah. There's kind of, uh, I can talk while you're yeah. setting up, Brian. There you go. So there's kind of a few different uh, extra kind of components in here. These are manaliths. There's different colors for different players, but you get to place these in locations to get permanent mana from that location, which is pretty nice. There, there are these heroes, which you're, of course, the fairy or Chandra or Jorah or Karn, but you might recruit some more heroes as you go along, which look like these fine little nice meeples. And then, these uh, long road-looking pieces are ley lines where you get to actually connect places around the map to draw mana into yourself, which is pretty exciting. All right. Let me just so Brian's setting up the board here mm -hmm. to kind of give you an example of, of how this might work. Say so that Teferi has been building an impressive ley line network. Uh, totally. Working on this board was really fun. There's Brian, I'm sure, still had his desk, has a version with all kinds of names scribbled out and locations that changed around because we were trying to get the balance just right, but of course we were confined by dominarian geography, so we had to carefully map out where we wanted certain things. It's pretty fun. All right, let's put all these down. So it really feels like you worked hard to capture the feel of Dominaria in this game. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We yeah. really, really wanted it. You put some just mana scattered just around. Just mana scattered around on the board. For the, sure. uh, for the people that are listening to the audio version of this on a podcast after the fact, I apologize that you can't see these visual aids. I uh, definitely would encourage you to check out the replay on uh, on 
YouTube or twitch.tv slash. Just imagine the coolest looking board game you've ever seen. <laughs> and it's right here. All right, just popping a few peat mana pieces around where the action mm -hmm. is. I think we put uh, the board over the character cards too. So I think we need to reach under here really quickly. Here we go. All right. All right. All right. All right, Brian, so, take us away. Great. So uh, as the game progresses, as Gavin has kind of scattered some mana around, um, at the beginning of each turn, uh, the Dominaria deck um, will flip one card. So uh, let's say that I'm taking a turn. So I have this Dominaria deck I'll flip the top the top card. Um, so it is a uh, this one is a uh, Banalia, which is a white card. Uh, so that will cause one white mana to appear on every white location. Right, so I take a little white chip and be like, oh, Benali gets one, Parma gets one, Cersei and Cersei's going to get one. Um, mm -hmm. That's all. Yep. Um, There's three of each color, right? Uh, In the Dominaria deck. Four, yes. Four. Um, so the... Uh, and the, this also indicates that a Cabal will show up on Benalia itself. Um, so we'll need a Cabal token, and that will show up on Benalia. Mm -hmm. um, so the Cabal token will stop us from being able to collect mana in Benalia until it's finished. Boo. Uh, so on a player's turn, um, they have uh, they start with the ability to move twice um, and collect mana from one location. Um, you'll only ever be able to collect mana from one location unless you have an artifact or something else that says that you can do it uh, a second time. Um, but as you recruit more heroes, you'll be able to move faster. So, well, imagine that I'm playing Teferi, and uh, so I have a hero in the Caligo Morass. Um, and let's say that I'm also in Esturin. So, if I wanted to, I, I can take my turn in any order, um, and I can spend, uh, I can spend mana as freely as I want. Um, so, we could imagine that I wanted to uh, move once to Lanoir, then I would collect the mana here, so I'd get four green mana. Seems like a lot. It yeah. is a lot. Okay. Good choice. Um, trying to find locations that have a lot of extra mana on them mm -hmm. um, is kind of one of the core uh, kind of competing for resources mechanics of the game. Kind of trying to explore and position so that you can get as much mana as you can to fuel what you're trying to do. Great. Um, right, of course, it's interesting because sometimes we'll be all clustered over here and then a lot of mana will show up over there like over time, right? And just kind of mm -hmm. race over to get that mana if it's been piling up. Anyway. Yep. Um, so then we could say that uh, I wanted to spend three of this green mana, um, which uh, for each color of mana there is a different action that you can take. So um, if, uh, let's let's go ahead and I'll I'll get another uh, I'll get Joyra's yeah. character card right. down so, here so people can see it. Everyone's uh, everyone shall starts. we zoom in on this character card? Yeah, everyone's going to start with one of these character cards, and you're going to have a bunch of abilities you can activate using your mana. You can spend your mana to, to, to use the abilities, and then it lets you place things on the board or gain, unlock extra stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so the, uh, yeah, each color has one ability. Um, you can spend four mana of any color and one white mana to recruit an extra hero. Um, you can spend four mana, which includes a blue, to discover an artifact. Um, artifact will appear much the same way that Cabal token did in our, in our sample turn. Can you uh, prop it up? Really oh, yeah, sure. I think we still have these. I think, I think it'll we, work. Yeah. There we go, perfect. Let's see if that one, we'll see if that'll do it. Yeah. Great. Um, and when you, 
uh, go to a location that has an artifact token that's been created by the Dominaria deck, uh, you can spend some mana to discover which artifact was there. And that just means drawing one from the top of the artifact deck, I yep. assume. And then you'll have access to that artifact and all of its powers. Um, the uh, black ability is defeating the Cabal. Um, when you do that, you can uh, just remove and capture the Cabal token that is on a space with one of your heroes. Um, one nice thing about that is that because of the Cabal locks away mana and you cannot collect mana from a space with a Cabal, um, it'll often pile up underneath them. Um, and so if you're able to defeat them, you'll often get mm -hmm. um, a large payoff of mana that's been accumulating for some time. So Brian, before we get back to the sample turn, uh, so it looks like there, there are different tracks on mm -hmm. each of these character cards. What do these all mean? So these are essentially victory point tracks. Okay. As you do, um, as you perform different actions and as you uh, either recruit heroes or place your mana lists or um, place ley lines, which allow you to uh, collect mana at range, or as you defeat the Cabal, um, you'll fill up these tracks and they will give you victory points at the end of the game. Uh, some of them will also give you um, things along the way. For instance, uh, you'll get extra quests, the Leyline track will give you extra mana, um, and the hero track will give you extra movement, so you'll have more, more of ability around the board. Right, and so, you know, over here you get to see the mana cost, or what all those abilities, um, what all those abilities cost to use, and then you see the various bonuses written in on, um, on each of the levels. As right, you, and the as symbols all, all mean something. Yeah, they yeah. do. Right, so there's a symbol next to each of the mana costs, and then that corresponds to the symbol on the player board of which track you're moving on. The yep. top one being heroes, the second one being manaliths, and so on. So let's go back to, to the board. You just grabbed your, you just moved your hero and uh, grabbed your, your four green mana from Lanawar. Yep. So then uh, I've used one of my movements. I've already used my mana collection. Um, I've spent my three green mana, and so I have one mana remaining. Um, since I don't have enough mana left to uh, use any other Planeswalker abilities, um, I could just move to where I want to be next turn. Let's imagine that I wanted to go to Hammerheim, uh, and then my turn would be over. Right, and you spent that three green mana to build a Ley Line, Oh, yes, right? I did, which I and, forgot to place. Right, and how do Ley Lines work? So Ley Lines allow you to build a network of Ley Lines where you uh, have kind of spread these Ley Lines to adjacent locations. Um, if, you have a loca if you're connected to a location at range, um, through ley lines, even if it's multiple locations away with different ley lines, you'll be able to collect mana from that location. So for instance, uh, even though I'm in Hammerheim, if I have not collected mana that turn, I would be able to collect mana from Talaria West, which is uh, you know, several spaces away on the board. Because um, you can draw a unbroken line from the place that you are all the way to the place yep. the mana is. Right. It, kind of, it just increases your range. So like as the game goes along, you build up where you can, can collect mana from, and you use these mana lists to be able to permanently get mana from that location. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of ways you can kind of, just like in Magic, build up your mana stores as the game goes. Yeah, there are also, uh, with Ley Lines in particular, there are a lot of quests in the quest deck that will ask you to build Ley Lines in specific patterns, mm -hmm. um, like forming an unbroken loop where you uh, connect five locations that are all in a circle with each other. Like like the one that's uh, right here that Teferi mm -hmm. has built. Yep. Yeah. Well done, Teferi. Well done. Yes. The powerful Leyline Mage. He's not, actually. <laughs> uh, and some, some of the other strategies have similar things. For instance, there's a quest for Manolith that asks you to put uh, one Manolith on a location of all five colors. Um, and uh, so... 
a lot of the strategy in the game is kind of adapting to those quests that you've drawn to uh, build your ley lines in a different pattern in this game than you would in the last because of the the things that you're trying to accomplish. And, and you know, a, a really fun part to me speaking to that is just how every game plays out a little bit differently. Like, depending on what each player does, it really changes what you want to do in the game. So the cards might show up differently. For example, maybe you play a game where a lot of white mana shows up early, mm -hmm. and then everyone's using their hero abilities. Or you have one where it's evenly spread, and we split up our abilities. Or blue mana shows up, it's a mad rush on artifacts. Maybe there's a lot of Cabal, maybe there's a little bit of Cabal. Maybe Steve's going to try and build all of his ley lines, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, Steve's got the ley line thing covered, I gotta go for the Cabal strategy. Like, there's so many different factors. That does sound like something you and I would do. Yeah, right. Fairness. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. So uh, there's so many different things each time that'll make you play a little bit differently. So, I, uh, one of the things I really like about this game is it really gives me uh, a chance to engage with Magic with some of my friends that may not be as familiar with, uh, with Magic in mm -hmm. terms of the card game. Like, I could sit, it seems like I could just sit down with this game uh, and while we're playing, talk about what's really cool about Dominaria. Like, oh, that, that, uh, that that location is so cool because you know in the in the in the card game like uh, Lanowar elves come from there and like stuff like that. It seems like the type of thing that I would want to do with my uh, my non magic friends. So hopefully maybe bring them in to the to the card yeah. game a little bit more. Yeah, having that feeling of familiarity of like oh I, you know I recognize what Lanowar is. I, I know what that means. Right. Um, like I've heard this story about Lanowar Lanowar and Lanowar elves and it's uh, it means something to me. It's definitely something that we're trying to capture in this game. Uh, so you, we, we've talked a little bit about the subtle references that you have to, to magic and Dominaria history. Mm -hmm. uh, talk a little bit, because it really it does feel like, like now that we've gone through the sample turn and we've seen the board, it, it, feels like, uh, it feels like what Dominaria would feel like, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that was a goal for you, so I'm glad, like I'm sure that me stating it is a good thing. But <laughs> uh, how, how did you... How did you go through the process of trying to capture that feel of what Dominaria was like, not just through theming, but through gameplay as well? So definitely one of the things that is uh, long been true of Dominaria is just how much of a kind of an open world it is. Um, Dominaria is as much defined by its kind of diversity of locations and uh, places and characters and history um, and just kind of that feeling of exploration and openness. Um, so one of the things that we really liked about the core gameplay system that uh, Peter and Rodney came up with was just how it, like how much it feels like just kind of moving around the world and uh, kind of trying to, like having your own goals, everyone having their own goals, and like you're trying to kind of explore and gather resources to accomplish them. Um, and like I think that that feeling of like, this is a large place where I can just kind of do what I want to do was the most important thing to capture. Um, and, uh, um, I would say that's the largest mechanical thing we were trying to accomplish. No, I mean, absolutely. I, I, the game feels like not just Dominaria to me, but like magic. You're walking around a world, collecting mana, gathering powerful artifacts, and, you know, so many heroes to fight by your side. Like, it feels like a lot of magic to me, um, flavorfully, with a whole new look at it. And one of my big excitement, exciting things about this game is that I can take it and play it with someone who doesn't normally play Magic. I have a lot of friends who love, love, love games, but don't normally play Magic, and this is a great way to bring them into the world, into the universe, and also explains the basic concepts. You'll notice on these player boards right here, these are written like mana costs, you know? It's four dub to activate this, three and a blue to activate this, and you can kind of learn a few basics of Magic as you're playing this game, too, which is a nice little bonus. 
I really love that we uh, not only not only do the quest cards have match guard on them in many in many instances the art matches up with the card name yeah. in real mm -hmm. magic. So we've got uh, magic the card game. We've got uh, Dawnless Bodyguard uh, over here, which I think is really cool. I'll put it so. Dawnless Bodyguard, a, a card that Magic players are very familiar with this standard season. Right. Um, right. It's, it's, uh, it's cool that we get to use all of these things in a different way and for people to get a different look at, uh, at what Magic is, you know? Absolutely. I, I know I had a blast working on this, and yeah, we worked on it for so long. It was a great, the team was you, me, Matt Tayback, and Peter Lee were the four? Uh, Pete Ingram. And Pete Ingram um, were the four. Peter Lee... Uh, was definitely heavily involved throughout the whole process, um, and some other people from either the early design or um, were attached through creative. Uh, Kelly Diggs was a huge resource mm -hmm. to talking to, like um, what could fit in Dominaria, like what characters were exciting to show off. Um, we worked extensively on the artifact deck to try and kind of match the um, kind of mechanical, more mechanical designs and the more top-down designs that we had. Um, and kind of the more mechanical designs that were more there for just gameplay, trying to figure out, like, is there either a clean uh, artifact that we could tie this to, or are, is there, like, some small tweak that we could make so that it closely matches the flavor of the card? Um, and uh, Peter is uh, a very experienced board game designer and was just a huge resource, so it's just kind of a an outside perspective and one who deeply understood the, the game. And uh, then at the end, we actually did something kind of new here where we worked with WizKids to help create this game. Do you want to talk mm -hmm. a bit about that process and kind of how it all worked out? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, WizKids is, I mean, they are also you know very experienced at producing games. Um, uh, by the time that we had finished our design team, we had a very solid grasp of like what we wanted the mechanics to be, what we wanted the... Uh, cards to do, what we wanted the, uh, like how we wanted the mana system to work and all of that. Um, but then there's still a lot of open questions in terms of how we, uh, like how do we want to pre present this to people? How do we want to make it in terms of like, um, like is there a scoring track? Is there, uh, like are the character cards or like the Planeswalker abilities unique? Are they, do they change between different characters? Um, and like, what are the differences between a two-player game, a three-player game, a four-player game? And uh, so, like, there were still kind of some fuzzier and gray areas where we were trying to uh, kind of work out the details of how we were going to produce it. Um, and a lot of it was just working with them very closely on what our intentions were, like what the um, flavor we were trying to convey. Um, they did a lot of work on the graphic design of the game. Um, yeah, it looks great. And the components are all really cool. Yes. Like, it, they turned out yeah. really well. I'm very pleased with how the components turned out, especially, yes. Uh, as we start to wrap up here, uh, final thoughts. Here's a Dominaria. Brian, uh, if for, for fans that uh, are, are thinking about picking up this game or excited mm -hmm. about this game, uh, what do you most want them to take away from the experience after they, after they play, play a game of this? Um, I think the, the thing that is most exciting to me um, when I've seen people play this game that I would love uh, and what it kind of expect to see happen every time is kind of that feeling of like, oh, uh, I tried to do this one thing. It was super cool. I got to learn some things about how artifacts work. I got to um, kind of build my strategy around these quests. But this other person did something also really cool. I want to try and do that. 
Um, and just kind of that feeling of like there's a lot of stuff to explore and a lot of things to do um, is like I, I would say the the thing that I most want people to take away from it. Well, and springboarding off of that, I think one of the great things about magic is kind of that easy to learn, difficult to master thing, right? Mm -hmm. And with Heroes of Dominaria, I totally feel that as well. Like you went through a turn there, just you're right. On your turn, you get three things: move, move, collect. That's all you have to know know to do necessarily, right? And you have your your abilities. But as the game goes on, you see all these cards show up. It becomes deeper and deeper, and there's so much to do. But when we're sitting down and teaching someone for the first time, it only took a few minutes to teach someone how to play, which yeah. was awesome. And uh, that cannot be understated. Like, I, come on, come check this game out. You learn about the intricacies as we go along. Yep. I'm going to review some information here so uh, people that, that came late uh, have a chance to hear it. Uh, the standard edition here is a Dominaria, first of all, uh, available December 5th. Uh, ask your local game store about it. Uh, standard edition is $49.99, and the premium edition is $69.99. The $69.99 edition uh, comes with these pre-painted figures. The figures come with all of them, but if you want them pre-painted, uh, you, you have to spring for the premium edition. They look, uh, good too. They look really good. Uh, we actually, uh, before we go, I know if people want to see a closer up uh, version of it, we have some uh, computer renderings of what they look like as well. Uh, so Sean, if you want to pull some of those up, we can definitely uh, run through those. We've got uh, Chandra there, and then Joyra, Karn, and of course, Teferi. So those are those are renderings, but the uh, the miniatures look very very close to that. Uh, we they can, do. We can have them zoom in. Uh, let's let's yeah. Let's, let's put them over on this corner of the board, yeah. and then maybe just zoom in on the corner and yeah, see what they look like. Get the get the whole band back together I over here. It. I love it. It looks there we so go. good. So we're gonna have I and Sean will cut to that in just a moment. Here we go. There they are. Yeah, those look really good. Nice. Uh, Brian, Gavin, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Uh, talk about Heroes of Dominaria. Like I said, releases December 5th. Uh, go ask your local game store about it, and uh, they should be able to give you more information about uh, its availability and pre-ordering. Yeah, you can see the detail on those miniatures as, uh, as Sean zooms in there for us. I'm just excited to play. Like, I can't wait to go to my local store and just sit down with people who've never played, teach them, and go for a game. Like, It's going to be a blast um, having something on my shelf that I can pull out for years to come. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank yeah. you for all your work thank on this game and uh, looking forward for our fans to get their hands on this uh, new experience that celebrates Dominaria. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Steve. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, you for stopping by Weekly MTG this week. Uh, you'll have one more week to go without us, unfortunately, uh, but we are because we are taking a break for American Thanksgiving. Uh, we will see you in the last week of November, and be sure to stick around for Kenji right here on twitch.tv slash magic. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.